Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week, again, are Mike the Skeptic. Mike? Um, hello? <laughs> hello. Why are you in my bedroom? <laughs> Look, let, let's Why, not talk how, about this in public. I mean, but you're, you're, you're shoving a microphone in my face in my bedroom. I was trying to sleep. Be glad it's just my microphone. God damn it. Yeah, so, so I, I want to go on record as saying I'm doing this uh, episode of the podcast under duress. <laughs> Better than I'm, under I'm, a bridge. You can't see me, but I'm blinking SOS. Better in duress either, rather than undressed, I guess. I, why am I wearing a dress? <laughs> You're just so <laughs> damn you, pretty. Did you dress it. me in my sleep? I did. Again. I did. You're just so darn pretty. <laughs> we also have Mr. David Davis. David, how you doing? I am over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. No, uh, seriously, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, no, we're you're all going to be over it pretty quick. We are starting a two-part series on moon conspiracies. I can say you better not be over it yet. You still got a you know, got this hour and then a, probably another hour oh next my week. God, yeah, I know. I got to try to find information on my topic. Mike, I know you've got yours. But uh, this week, we're letting David start us off with his always well-researched uh, stuff. And mm-hmm. David, what is your topic this week? Well, I am going to be talking about the moon landing conspiracy and various aspects of it. But I just want to point out that we had originally intended to do one episode with three theories. And I said, Kevin, <laughs> look, you know me. <laughs> I wrote 10 pages on the Krampus. Yeah. We're not going to be able to fit my part into a... Uh, like with three other parts in it, so that's true. Yeah, I went ahead and did a whole episode. Um, and that's fine. The, the script. Yeah. Yep. That's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's giving us so much to talk about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've we've got some strong opinions about this one. <laughs> but in, in some in some moon trivia today, I read a news story about the uh. You, so you know the Chinese uh, they landed a rover on the uh, far side of the moon. Mm-hmm. So something their little rover has found is that the far side of the moon is covered in holes and is sticky. So it's a teenager's face. <laughs> Just covered in holes and sticky. Yes. Okay, that's gross. Well, actually it's just that the you know, it's full of crate more craters, which duh, we kinda yeah. do that. And uh but the, apparently the soil on that side's a more clingy than the near side. Hmm. It's wet. <laughs> wet moon big old wet moon <laughs> ew <laughs> just fucking ew it's, they call it's, it the dark side for a reason it's, it's moist 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 moon the moist moon theory <laughs> I don't like where this is we, going we, we lost like 90% of our female <laughs> listeners so I'm sorry Lips to hear you two ladies leave but yeah bye Holly <laughs> bye Kit <laughs> So, um, you're handling moon landing conspiracy, huh? Uh-huh, yeah, and I feel all the dumber for having dived into this. Oh, yeah, so, man. Oh, I think we'll all feel dumber by the end of this run. Oh, yes, this will be a very fun one, I think, as well, though, but you're mm-hmm. you're going to be upset. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I'm already upset just thinking about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess I can go ahead and start. By, so, by um, all means. Why, why so, wait? Just just stick the knife in. 
<laughs> so I always like to kind of like give a shout out to the resources I'm using. Of so, course. Um, I'm borrowing heavily from a Rolling Stone article titled A Brief History of Conspiracy Theories About the Moon Landing. It's pretty much what uh, what you expect. It's a well-researched article, well-written, mm-hmm. uh, worked as a good overview. I have a few other sources that I'm using, including history.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I use any other source, I'll mention it during the the spiel you're about to hear. Right. Um, so and just, you know, doing my due diligence, doing the research, that sort of thing. And we'll interrupt as we see fit to bring up things and make with the ha-ha. I certainly hope so, because this could get pretty dry. Oh, boy. <laughs> Unlike um, the backside of the moon, ooh, that big, so wet moon. That moist moon butt. <laughs> the moon the has swamp ass. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about conspiracies about the moon landing. Please. So, as we've talked about on this podcast a few times now... Humans have a somewhat conspiratorial mindset. Yeah, and uh, you don't say. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say a lot of that's like pattern recognition, I believe. Yeah, and I'll talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you know, I want to quote a favorite character from a favorite TV show of mine. The character said, "The minute God crapped out the third caveman, a conspiracy was hatched against one of them." <laughs> yeah. Do we recognize that quote from anything? I do not. What is that from? That is Colonel Hunter Gathers from the Venture Brothers. Ah, okay. It's been a long time since I saw that. Yeah, I've not watched a whole lot of VB. Yeah. Okay, so you need to rectify that because that's an amazing show. Oh, yeah. It's on the list. That that quote is absolutely incredible because I think it says everything about how we're wired. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. So, the idea is that, like, this human impulse for conspiracy is, you know, in a, it's a commonality between cultures throughout history, and one of those, like, strange leftovers of our cultural and uh, mm-hmm. social evolution for thousands of years. Right. You know, we've always, you have two people, one of them's at least planning on how to get one up on the other guy. Mm-hmm. That it's, sort of thing, that's just, it's, yeah. it's a holdover from survival instinct. Mm-hmm. So, when we talk about conspiracy theory, um, data indicates that the vast majority of Americans, uh, about 80% of us in a 2019 insider poll, um, that was tied to the storm of Area 51. Do you remember that? Where it was like, oh, let's storm Area 51. Uh-huh. And we're, we're going to Naruto run that shit. Yeah, that um, one dude showed up. Yeah. Yeah, about 80% of people in the U.S. believe in some form of conspiracy, according to that poll. It's kind of understandable, though, right, Mike? I uh, well, so you know, a conspiracy. Any, yeah. If if there's, you know, I can't say I'm immune either. So, yeah, like I, I've got a specific quote here. According to a new insider poll, nearly eighty percent of Americans believe in at least one unscientific idea. Theories surrounding wellness are more popular. Two thirds of respondents held at least one pseudoscientific health belief. A third of Americans said that they believe in at least one conspiracy theory. Hmm. You know, so, uh, I feel like I'm pulling weight for somebody else. <laughs> Me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you two are kind of like a, a unit, like where one goes, the other follows, or vice yeah. versa. Well, so, I mean, like yeah. Mike, yeah, like Mike doesn't believe in many, and I just sort of... You've got enough belief for the both of you. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Son, you're going to carry that weight. <laughs> 
So, um, you know, part of what drives conspiracy theory is that humans love to recognize patterns and solve puzzles. Mm -hmm. And conspiracies can be unorthodox ways to solve problems in troubling times. They also they also like to feel like smarter than everyone else. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, so, know, you know the real truth. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and this is exactly why we kind of gravitate collectively towards outsider beliefs and the way the world works. Right. So, so uh, according to Psych Central, quote, painful and uncertain times may lead people to find alternative ways to make sense of uh, make sense of such a shocking or painful situation. Following a conspiracy theory might help you. F- uh, feel you understand the events, and in turn, this can alleviate some uncertainty and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And then again, another quote from Psych, uh, Psych Central Preliminary research also suggests that belief in conspiracy theories is linked to people's need for uniqueness. The higher the need to feel mm-hmm. special and unique, the more likely a person is to believe in the conspiracy theory. Mm. So, I, you know, I know that I'm preaching to the converted here. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to establish this because in doing research for this uh, episode, it it made me realize that this topic here is part of the reason why mm-hmm. we're going through so much shit right now. Oh God, yes. Um, and we're we're gonna have to do a genealogy of um, conspiracy episode at some point because all these things build up. Yeah. I would also say that modern media probably has a small part small to medium part in this because mm-hmm. how many times is the crazy nut job that nobody believes turned out to be like right mm-hmm. that that happens mm-hmm. all the time yeah and it it kind of fuels people to think well they say well, I'm crazy, about that but mm-hmm. they say i'm crazy but aren't the crazy ones the right ones no, not what, in real life. No. What? What if there is cancer in them French fries? What if the asteroid <laughs> is going to hit us? Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, and you're right. We are going to have to go back and do a genealogy of this sort of stuff because we got to talk about Bill Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, begetting Alex Jones, begetting this hell world we live in. Yep. So yeah. That'll be Bible of nut jobs. <laughs> what was exactly. it? What was that? What was the name you came up with earlier today, David? The relay race of stupidity. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it yeah. was something like that. Yeah. Um, now, have you ever heard of the Ramsey theory? I've is, it, is that where like the uh, Pharaoh? I can't. I don't have anything really. Is this Dave <laughs> no, Ramsey? Just makes me think of a Pharaoh. <clears throat> so I, I'm going to bring a little math here, and this is uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a math major, so let's uh, take this with a grain of salt, but. Mm-hmm. And thinking about how conspiracy theories work and how we kind of read into situations, there's this mathematical basis for it, uh, for this paranoid thinking called the Ramsey theory. Mm. It's based on the work of mathematician and philosopher Frank P. Ramsey. The theory focuses on the appearance of order within a structure of a known size. Yeah. Um, So, like, you have uh, a collection of letters and you're going to be able to find words within those letters. You're going to create meaning. Right, 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 right. So a great example of this would be like the Bible. Oh God, are we talking about Bible codes? Yes. So it's a, a set text of a certain size. However, you can apply it any number of ways within that text to uncover new words and messages within it. Essentially, mm. our brains are going to find those patterns if we set out to do so. Yeah. So all of this is playing out into like how this uh, uh, fake moon landing theory happened, and uh, what we're going to cover all that. But, you know, again, I'm bringing all this up because conspiracy theories are something that the vast majority of Americans are likely to indulge in. 
Um, I'm sure that anyone listening to this podcast has at one point felt in a moment of frustration that the world is out to get them. Right? You, you've had uh, a really bad day. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the world's against me. Yeah. Every day. Every right. single day. So I'm not intending to, like, demonize <laughs> the conspiratorial, uh, conspiratorial mindset here. It, it can you know, be a healthy thing. It can yes. be. But I do want to bring this up because when the mindset is left unchecked and uh, un- unreasoned, it can result in real problems, which we're dealing with the fallout. And I, I'm going to say this. I think everyone needs a mic <laughs> to sit there and pull them back from the edge like Mike does with me. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll eventually make a Mike the Skeptic, like, talky stuff doll. Or an app. <laughs> a mic app. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Talk you down off the ledge. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... You know you're full of shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a button that it's just a button on the app that when you press it, it goes no. <laughs> oh God! I love the yeah. idea of a no button with Mike's face on it. But I know. I mean, yes. Sometimes that you know, yes. Every you know, everybody at work is talking behind your back, but most of the time, probably not. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, if that's the case, then that's that's your that's your intuition telling you about a situation where there are obvious signs that something's wrong. Right. That's not a bad thing. That's where the skepticism and that's where the the conspiratorial nature is a benefit. Mm-hmm. But but then it goes off the rails. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Then it, then it becomes I'm gonna stop paying my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot I'm of a stuff sovereign citizen. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. And and also I want to point out that like we're in a unique sit. Well, we're not in a unique situation, but like America is in a. Uh, we hit a point a few decades ago where conspiracy was easy to breed because we we definitely sort of lost our innocence as a nation and we lost trust for the ruling parties i don't think i think it's more immediate to us here but it's happening worldwide baby i mean oh yeah no but i'm just talking about like for uh to be sort of first baby geos geopolitically centric i mean uh america in the 70s we definitely hit a point where it's like i can't trust anybody yeah, oh, yeah but, we're gonna be talking about that yeah but I, I think i think it it, it just seems no. that way because we hear our local yeah. uh, nationwide news but well no you know, i mean Britain i listen in the 5g towers oh jesus yeah no that to them, and, and that is all fucking david ike right yeah. there and Australia is definitely like I know like their lockdown was like yeah. super serious and everything but like there are some very hardcore conspiracies about the vaccine oh, down a, there. No, the worldwide mm-hmm. there's a lot like pretty much yeah. all first world nations have large like vaccine conspiracies going on. <sighs> well and I I'm going to I'm going to say that a lot of this that's going on right now even in other countries I think it comes down to Theories like this, this moon landing conspiracy theory, yeah. because I, I think there's like a direct connection. I mean, you have this and you have the the theories that came out of, uh, you know, Bill Cooper. Yeah. So and and you could really this moon landing thing. A lot of people this this and flat Earth are like babies first conspiracy theory. Right. And, and here's another thing. If someone doesn't believe that we landed on the moon, what are the odds that they're going to believe a vaccine works? Oh, yeah, no. That's that's a given. So, I could, And I can almost understand the moon landing conspiracies because it's a pretty big, like, for, it, it was a pretty big uh, accomplishment, like, 
in yeah. the sixties. Yeah. The era of, you know, cars were carbureted. They they had, you know, it was all completely, you know, mechanical, yet we and somehow we shot people to the moon. Put two dudes on the moon. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we're we're going to talk about that because mm-hmm. that like there is some validity to like the the skepticism. There there's totally like right. a reason to be skeptic- and, and skeptical. Something you can't really research yourself. You can't you know. You can't go up there. You can't go up there. Mm-hmm. You can't see it with your own eyes. Can get a mm-hmm. decent telescope and well, see it. not really. No. I, well, okay. The only thing you can do, I mean, if you have a powerful enough laser, you could do the retro reflectors on the moon. Oh, right. Those things. But but you can't see, like, even the uh, orbiters around the moon can barely make out the landing sites. Like, it's just uh, like a dark smudge. Okay. What they should have done is they should have just put a big old hello world across the surface yeah, of no, they, uh, the moon. and They should have just carved their names in giant letters across the moon. Oh, like, a big yeah. old dick. <laughs> oh, that too. Oh, man. Could you imagine? Okay, that's it. I'm going to KC. We're putting dick butt on the face of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you know, I, I'm talking about all these conspiracy theory things because I, th- I, because I think it's a good background to this, but I want right. to explore how the fake moon landing conspiracy, one of the sillier and like initially one of the more harmless theories out there, has actually had this outsized effect on American society. Oh, absolutely. And I want to I wanna hear how this rule yet started. Right. And, you know, to put it bluntly, this conspiracy that the moon landing was faked has a direct line to today's extremely... Harmful conspiracies on vaccination, the secret mm-hmm. cabal of child drinking elite or child blood drinking elite. I, I should that. put this cup of child blood down then. Yeah, the adrenochrome. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, falsified uh, election claims being run through a deep state. So, you know, you, you just got all mm-hmm. these like theories that it all links back to. Yep. But, you know, uh, enough about that. Let's talk about the fucking moon landing. Let's, let's talk let's about go. it. So, as of 2022, only 12 people in human history have set foot on the lunar surface. Yep. Only 12 people. That's mm-hmm. pretty Never. goddamn mind-blowing. And none of them since the early 70s. Right. Yeah. So so if you want to develop some kind of way of creating an elite class on our planet, I suggest that this is the metric. <laughs> really? Not the <laughs> no. five-timers club on Saturday Night Live? We're going with the right. moon landings? Which of us has set a foot on another heavenly body? I think that's like the metric. If you're gonna, you know, the like modern gods basically. If we're gonna make modern gods, I have ridden the mighty moon worm. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like in the okay, yeah. Actually, just just a quick aside in the Wheel of Time stories in the first book, they talk about eight, uh, stories from the age before the age of legends, and one of them is the story of Lynn who flew to the moon in the belly of a fiery eagle, and it's like, holy shit, that's Earth. Mm-hmm. That's that's John Glenn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 10,000 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly it. And, and it also kind of speaks to something of the, the character of the guys, because you mm-hmm. think, you know, you think you said elite class, but really, I think only one of them actually went on to do any kind of, you know, politics. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the rest of them just kind of were like, hey. I'm done. You know? I'm going to play golf. I, I think yeah, like, I think Neil, I accomplished something. I think mm-hmm. Neil Armstrong stuck around and, like, you know, stuck around with NASA for a while, but, you know, mm-hmm. not in a, uh astronaut cat, uh, 
Do you guys have anything for me to do? Well, no. I mean, so so a lot of in NASA and their uh, their thing, astronauts. Okay, the head of astronauts, the the person that like picked astronauts to go on missions, is traditionally a former astronaut themselves. Mm-hmm. So, I think he stuck around and did that for a while. I should have done a little more research on this, but yeah, it's okay. Um, but yeah, they, okay. they really kind of didn't use this as a stepping stone to something you know quote unquote better i wouldn't say better but you know more something more yeah they didn't you didn't, they see didn't like, use momentum from this to go somewhere like, like uh I, I don't know. Buzz aldrin you know buzz aldrin as a spokesperson for bvts these underwear got me to the moon <laughs> give me my <laughs> you know, three million dollars if I walked on the surface of the moon, I think I'd call it like, you know, I'm done. I, I've accomplished something. I'm good. Yeah. And, and there's also, you hear about the overview effect, like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, astronauts yeah. that are able to see the whole Earth kind of, you know, shifts their perspective. Yeah. The whole pale blue dot thing. Like, like yeah. Soviet astronauts or cosmonauts, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are people fed with propaganda, but. They apparently were more some of the most vocal people for uh, working like with uh, NASA. They're like, we need to work together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There must there could just be something about that. It's a I, I I believe the term is a humbling experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So well, and it's also that idea of seeing just how fragile everything is. Yeah. Like like I I gotta imagine being on the lunar surface realizing that there is a thin layer of uh, a few thin layers of like fabric and uh, um, foil keeping you from your insides turning out oh yeah it's, it's got to be something that's just, it fucks with your head man uh, before I continue though I just want to point out that my wife came into the room and she wrote down a note because I had said uh, something about setting foot on a heavenly body. She wrote, I'll set foot on your heavenly body. I, man, I'm glad somebody made that joke and I'm glad I didn't have to do it. <laughs> It'd be a little weird if you said it to me, man. Yeah. I love you, but yeah, agape, well, not Eros. <laughs> a little bit of Eros, but still. A little bit of Eros. Um, so let's uh, so, let's continue. Twelve yeah. men have stepped on the moon and aren't our supreme leaders. So, yeah, so part of the reason why so many theories exist about the moon uh, comes from the commonality of a lack of direct experience with the moon itself. Right. We can see it floating in the night sky, appearing and disappearing uh, repeatedly over time. So there's this quasi-mysticality to it that the vast majority of human history has experienced when it comes to the moon. Mm -hmm. And if you do research, a lot of the earliest religions uh, were either solar cults or lunar cults. Oh, yeah. Or exactly both. Yeah, you know the they're the dualities yes. of the sky. Um, I would say in modern society, the moon is vastly underappreciated. Uh, well, well also much. like light pollution has done a lot to that. But well, like, I mean, well, even with light pollution, the moon is still one of the you know okay, yeah, best easiest to see well, bodies. Like funny, it, funny I think story. It's lost a lot of. Uh, even in the biggest cities, you probably yeah. see it fairly well. Are you saying it's been eclipsed by other things? Oh. <laughs> That's what I was trying not to say. Well, here's a funny story. Did you realize that uh, people don't look up 
like the number of people that look up at the moon has dropped so much that when people see it now, it often gets reported as a UFO. I've heard of that. And That's so terrifying. Sad. That is uh, that blows my mind. You know, so you know, traditionally, like the moon's supposed to set our imaginations on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, our hardwired impulses for pattern recognition has even caused us to see faces on it. Right. Right. I mean, I've never so, seen it, but yeah. So you've never seen the face on the moon? Nope, just black spots, man. I am the worst with Rorschach tests. Isn't like the uh, the the Chinese they they, they see it as a rabbit? The Japanese or Japanese? Yeah, they someone see, saw it as. Rabbit. Yeah, they see it as a rabbit. And I'll look at it and I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. This is like constellations. You do with clouds. How do you do with clouds? Can you see things in the clouds? Yeah, I, I can kind of see things in clouds, but like I've somebody's really gonna have to like go in Photoshop and draw the face did, for me. Did, did you strangle your inner child? What's going on here? Um, my inner child was abducted. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> probed in the by butt. The, the child blood drinking elites. Yeah, my child was a victim of a pluck and fuck. Oh no! Oh, yep. God. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, that just went south. Yep. Um, Let's like move a on. Probe. Yeah. All right. So you know, plus the distance from the moon makes it feels less like something that's part of our lives. Yeah. For for many people, it's just some big abstract thing in the sky with very little bearing on them. Like they don't even really put the connection between the moon and the tides, especially if you live inland. Yeah. Or, or let's ta- yeah. Or, but, sure. But let's talk about that disconnect between human experience and the moon. Uh, Absolutely. And that idea that the moon landing was fake. So we're about 53 years out from the lunar landing on July 20th, 1969. Jesus Christ. Right. Since then, three uh, three distinct generations have been born. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So this is a momentous triumph of humankind, right? The likes of which haven't been replicated for a long time, at least since the invention of the Hot Pocket and Cherry Coke. (laughs) You say as I finish my Cherry Coke. Um that, uh, good man. That does blow my mind, though, when when you say that, because I'm like, holy shit, they landed on the moon just eight years before I was born. It, it's mind blowing to think about that. That's insane. Like I, I still, on some level, thought, you know, was ages ago. No, it really wasn't that long ago. God damn it! My sister was alive for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, this event was broadcast around the world on television, cementing the technology of the television as a cultural unifier and exposing millions of people across the world simultaneously through the technology in such a way that it would have dire repercussions in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, again, like television, it becomes a major thing because of this moon landing, the way it's able to feed this information to a uh, like millions upon millions of people. Well, that's become a double-edged sword. Indeed. So, so Kevin, just I had to look it up, but mm-hmm. so you said, you know, how long ago? Actually, it's closer than that because the last moon landing was seventy-two. Jesus. So it was only four years before you were born. Holy seventy-six, crap. right? Yeah. <clears throat> oh my yeah. God. So four years for you, five years for me. Jeez, I mean, that's just you, you don't think about it that way. No, no, mm-hmm. it's staggering. That's just it's it's crazy to think about because I was born in '87, so I'm like further removed than you guys. But yeah. like, still, like, it wasn't that long ago. No. no. And uh, so, have either of you ever uh, looked at the moon through a telescope? Uh, I have I've looked at it through binoculars. I would. So, when you look at it through, I'll say when you look at it through a telescope, it is pretty awe-inspiring. It yeah, is. This you was can, like you a, can make out 
This was the cheapest. Raiders. Like this was a telescope that was just found. It was like you know one of those really cheap ones you could buy at Walmart that I had zip tied to a camera tripod <laughs> because the I tripod, remember that the tripod that I found with it. Uh, was all bent up oh shit was this that time you and me went to the natchez trace no this was in my backyard in Ra- oh okay i thought it was when we went to raymond but just as a proof of uh trying it out i looked at the moon because it was, it was literally the only thing i could look at because anything it could probably see mars and saturn and stuff but the tripod was not stable enough so the only thing mm. i could really get to in view was the moon and it was pretty amazing i have to say like there's something about being able to see it actually with your eyes and not a picture that really, I don't know, it's just I, different. I understand. Yeah, I, I'm with you there because uh, I took an astronomy class. It was one of my favorite classes I ever took. The professor was great. Um, but he he rented out a uh, football stadium at the high school, and uh, we just spent the night doing, uh, it was during the Perseid meteor shower. Ooh. And yeah. we just spent the night recording meteors, and you get a point for every meteor that you could successfully, like, log. Ooh. And then, like, he had telescopes out, so you could look at all the constellations. There was no light pollution. Um, you know, you could look at the moon, and the moon was just beautiful. That sounds so, cool. Yeah, it, it was It was, It was. was honestly a magical thing, because I had, like, my blanket. I had my Foley chair. had a thermos full of coffee. I even had, like, a red light, so that way I wouldn't fuck with my eyes as I was writing down vision, the, yeah. the meteors and stuff like that. Cool. Um, but, you know, uh, bringing up that television thing, you know, this was 650 million people watching this moment, the first moon landing. Mm-hmm. That's like, crazy. That, you, that number hasn't never, been beaten since uh, the wedding of Princess Diana. You'll never get those or, kind of numbers again, either. Uh, you yeah. probably will. The population keeps exploding. Although, you know, for I mean, like the same thing. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess, yeah, with... Uh, with like the die off of you know broadcast television, I wouldn't say die off, but you know the the reduction in importance of broadcast television and the you know but popularity is, of streaming means a lot of people are probably like, oh, I'll watch it in thirty minutes or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not the immediateness of live television anymore. So yeah, we have this like six hundred and fifty million people who see it on TV. Um, you know, despite this massive audience, however, inevitably come the doubters. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you've it, seen it, yeah. you've seen the original, like the the broadcast footage. It was pretty terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was. Like, yeah, we'll talk it, about it was, that. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to it later. But um, in this case, our main doubter, the guy I want to f- uh, focus on, he's often fingered for the origin of the fake moon landing conspiracy, was William Casing. Hmm. So. As early as 1969, just after the lunar landing was broadcast on television, Casing was already calling bullshit. (laughs) So, Casing would self-publish in 1976 his book, We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 Billion Swindle. Okay, I just want to throw out there how difficult it must have been to self-publish in the 70s. Honestly, I mean, not super hard. I was we'll, gonna talk, say, we'll talk a little bit about I was that. Say, I'm pretty sure there was like houses that would do that. But so, so does anybody else think, you know, Russian dis, disinformation agent? Actually, mm-hmm. I didn't think of that, but I, I kind of think it was much he, more he along the lines the of. He wouldn't be the guy. He wouldn't be a Russian. Because uh, I'm going to get into his biography a little bit. He, he, um, he wouldn't have been a Russian disinformation okay. agent because he thought that Russians were full of shit, too. <laughs> oh, um, lovely. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, his, his book is meant to explain his position that Americans were gullible assholes and that the government was lying to everybody. <laughs> okay. That's so, a- so Casing would go on to claim that all six of the Apollo program moon landings were hoaxes. Um, and his claims are fivefold. In his book, he argues that one, NASA lacked the technical expertise to land on the moon. Two, mm-hmm. the absence of stars in the photos and films of the lunar surface indicate a hoax. Oh, that shit. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Three, several optical anomalies in the photos provide evidence of a hoax. Is this the stuff where, like, the plus sign goes behind it? Yeah, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Four, the lack of dust clouds and blast craters beneath the landers. All this stuff can be explained, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then five, the death of Thomas Barron uh, as evidence of a cover-up. And he, he eventually would link in several more deaths of astronauts um, to this larger conspiracy in a very, very t- uh, distasteful way. Uh, yeah, of course. Did Here's a question. Did, did okay. he, like, link it back to, like, what was it, Apollo 1 or Gemini 1, the one that had, they had the oxygen fire? Uh, yeah, if you're talking about um, the, the, uh, the death of Gus Grissom? Yes. Yes, yes. He ties it back to that as well. Okay. I just want to make sure he had his bases yeah. covered. Oh, yeah, it's fucked, man. Okay. Um, so, so, obviously, most of these claims can be disproven, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about those specific claims and how they're disproven. Um, but with the release of this book, the die was cast, and the conspiratorial-minded had found something that was a perfect conspiratorial vessel. Like, people who were, like, not trusting of the government, which there would be a whole hell of a lot of them in the 1970s. Oh, yeah. Had something to latch on to. This is, so, and, and, this is all oh, Watergate, yeah. right? Right. So, you know, and here's the question. Like, how do you prove the moon landing? After all, without going to the moon, how can you prove that people have gone to the moon? That's, I mean... I, don't, I mean, I, we, we, mm. what are we going to do? We, we need to send another rocket up there. We need to send an astronaut there to take live video of, oh, wait, no, that wouldn't work because, oh, you can just fake the live video. Again. There, there's no way of winning. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely, you know, that's why conspiracies, conspiracies like that, you know, take root is mm-hmm. because there's really no good way to debunk them. Okay. I got a great idea. We just launch all these conspiracy guys about the moon landing into space. Like that episode of South Park with the whale? Yeah. They just put the whale on the moon? Yeah. (laughs) There you go. So, you know, again, just to reiterate, only 12 people in the history of humankind have set foot on the lunar surface, allegedly. Yes. So, Mm. you know, it becomes 12 people's claims against potentially millions of doubters, obviously. So it's like a numbers game at this point. You know, there's no way that you're going to convince all of these people because, well, there's only 12 people who can really, like make the argument and they're not going to be believed. Yeah. And also, even if, even if they could like sit down face to face and like Mm -hmm. convince these people just by sheer numbers, they could never, you know, talk to everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're Buzz Aldrin, you're likely to punch him in the face. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. God bless Buzz Aldrin. (laughs) Uh, So let's talk a little bit about William Casing. He's an interesting figure. I, I like, I, I think he's a very trouble. Well, he, he was a very troubled person, but I mm-hmm. actually I don't even know if he's still alive. Um, but he he also you know he he had a uh, he had some issues. So, right. Born July thirty first, nineteen twenty two, William Charles Casing was born in Chicago, but as a child moved to South Pasadena, California. Um, you know, and a lot of his story is like right in my backyard, which is interesting. Um, you know, because we had a lot of rocket people here in California. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, you had uh, who was it? Not Von Braun. Who was the other guy who was with um, Alistair Crowley, and they were fucking in the desert? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The oh my god, I know who you mean. Yeah. Oh, they're trying to create the Moon Child with the yes. Scarlet Woman. Oh, uh, so they're just banging in the desert. Noibird. Yeah, yeah. That's um, not, that's not <laughs> the one he fucked into insanity, is it? Yes. Okay. Wow. No, no. Um, that oh, was, uh, that was the Crowley, one. That oh, was oh, 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 that guy, that guy. No, yeah. No, it was with Alistair Crowley. It was with L. Ron Hubbard. What the fuck am I talking? about? Oh yeah, no, it was Hubbard and the missile guy. I can't remember yeah. his name. Uh, you know, it's easy to confuse Alistair Crowley and L. Ron Hubbard. They have the same shape. And they, and the thing is, <laughs> they were related. And I don't mean like related, related. I mean like By blood. the dude that. Hubbard was doing the ritual with was a disciple of Crowley's. Oh, so they're 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 Kevin Bacon related. Kevin Bacon related, yes. Uh, Fixed also, the trees of Alistair Crowley. Yes, I just found out Casing died in two thousand and five at the age of eighty two. Okay. Okay. All right. So yeah, I, I I just slander I that my motherfucker when he died. Yeah. Um. So you know. Um. Casing, he would serve as a Navy midshipman during World War II. Mm-hmm. He attended Navy officers training school. He went to the University of Southern California and earned a BA in English literature from the University of Redlands, which is like right in my backyard. Oh, wow. Um, he's an educated guy, you know. Um, what, educated, what stands out to but me is, stupid. Right. Well, you know, he stands like, so far he seems like perfectly reasonable intelligent here, especially when he starts getting his jobs. So, mm-hmm. nothing here, like, speaks to the conspiracy-laden mind he would become. However, that would change. So, after graduating high school, um, and this is one thing that I've noticed about his biography, he jumps around to different jobs a lot. So, hmm. there's, like, a restlessness to him. So, you know, after graduating high school, he worked in a furniture factory for, like, one week, said, nope, this isn't for me. <laughs> and then he, he went to go work on a fishing boat and got paid in fish. That, you... Hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. I, yeah. I, I'm hoping he like sold the fish and not like tried to pay rent with the fish. Well, I couldn't. Where, I couldn't fucking figure it out, man. Where I don't know. Where do you if, deposit fish? Is there like a fish I don't bank? Know. This is like the biggest mystery of everything. I, um, this is this is a bigger <laughs> mystery than the moon landing. Right. So you know he'd float through these different jobs throughout the, the years. He he'd be a salesman. Uh, he'd work in insurance claims. He'd be a cabinet maker, and he would eventually like settle down a little bit on writing, like freelance writing, that sort of thing. About fish. Um, <laughs> um, well, the writing would eventually lead him to becoming a technical writer for Rocketdyne Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Okay, that's kind of ironic. Be, yeah. Yeah, well, this would be around 1956. Future, you know, and technical writer. A technical writer doesn't need to know about the technology. I've done some of this. It's more about being able to like put the technical information into readable text because right. STEM majors are not good at that. Essentially, yeah. um, jargon translator. You're, you're writing copy, and you're mm-hmm. right, right, right. So yeah, this is about 1956. Obviously, like. Um, before the moon landing, you know, but the, mm-hmm. the, the, the seeds are planted for jet propulsion and, you know, we're going to get to space eventually. That's where all this is heading. We've got our so, Nazis. Right. So in 1956, same year he got the job at the, as a technical writer, he'd be promoted to a service, uh, service analyst position, do that for a couple years. And then later he became service engineer. 
Okay. And then in 1962, he became a publications analyst, and he would resign in 1963. So, number one, uh, the, the date in uh, like 1963, like, obviously they're working towards um, the moon landing here at this point. Mm -hmm. But yeah. this is before, like, all the major things kind of, like, kick off, right? Yeah. So he, he leaves before, like, we get to the meat and potatoes of the whole space race there. Mm -hmm. But the, the point is, is that he spent a lot of time at a jet propulsion laboratory, and he got promoted pretty high up, I would say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's part of his, like, quote, unquote, pedigree. That's for, his... like, why people believe him. And this is also his, uh, why you should believe me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it was after he retired, there, something about him changed. We're not sure what caused it, but he began to suffer from chronic anxiety. You gotta go with a stroke. Maybe. Um, basically, like, the anxiety was eventually, like, it became full-blown disillusionment with modern life. Um, it became so severe that he got rid of the family television, radio, and the newspaper subscription, and then forced his family into a wandering lifestyle that eventually broke the family apart. Wow. You know, I'm just, you know what? I, I'm glad he went with moon conspiracy instead of, say, uh, mail bombs. Right, right. Um, and, like, at first, this crisis is not a necessary like it obviously it broke up a family but i'm sure the family was glad to get out of the situation <clears throat> oh yeah but no. it wasn't necessarily a bad thing either because he seemed comfortable for a time now i'm going to quote from an article by darren king about um mm -hmm. uh casing uh quote he bought a trailer with bunk beds for the girls and embarked on a year-round vacation before long he parted ways with his wife and family too for the better part of the next decade casing had no fixed address he foraged for food and picked up odd jobs, freelance writing, fruit picking, security, and selling dentistry equipment by mail order. That's um, that's interesting. I right? don't, I don't know how you get into that. He, he would eventually describe this time as having a, quote, rambling, tax-evading lifestyle. <laughs> so, um, I told right. you, man, you get into this stuff and suddenly it's like, what are taxes I don't believe, anyway? Yeah, I don't believe, I don't believe in taxes. You know, this um, is, we're, we're going to have to do some sort of tax t-shirt because all yeah. of our guys we cover, like, don't believe in taxes. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. But I, I would say, I will say I, I did evade taxes for a little while, but that's just because I was poor and eventually uh, it was forgiven. They caught, yeah, they caught up with you. You paid them off. No. They what? Well, they, they, they sort of caught up with me. I started paying taxes again. They're like, hey, you owe taxes, <laughs> so you're not getting a refund. I was like, fine, okay, you can keep the refund. I'll just keep filing taxes. And then one day, it was like, we're good. And it was like, you know, I, I, there was... I yeah, but you didn't like... like a, oh, no, I didn't like, you know, live on You didn't now Capone that shit. No, yeah. I, I didn't like... But I did like... I was a... Uh, what you call it? I was a, uh, quote, independent contractor that I was supposed to pay my own taxes, but... I was like 23 or some shit like that. So it's like, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to pay those dirty taxes. They were just lucky. They it's, were just lucky you weren't day drunk all the time. It's no funny you say you were 23 when you did this because I got something to talk about 23 year olds in the moon landing later. So let's let's go on. So he basically Bill Coopered it. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, for a time, he would publish work with Straight Arrow Press, who at the time were the publisher of Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, shit. Wow. And his first major book was The Ex-Urbanite's Complete and Illustrated Easy Does It First Time Farmer's Guide. Uh, so th- is this a book to tell, you know, suburbans how to farm? Yeah, it's just kind of like, you know... Do you it, want to go off the grid? Go off grid, yeah. man. He ended up, like, getting remarried, and he, you know, just kind of, like, living off the land, kind of hippie-ish, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so, you know, and overall, this is fairly harmless. Like, that sounds like a pretty fun book. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, but, it's not uh, the Turner then, Diaries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is definitely not the Turner Diaries. <laughs> um, you know, so, fairly harmless, but then he starts kind of moving into, like, the conspiracy area. Oh, boy. Now, if you think that William Casing sounds a lot like Bill Cooper, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, much like Behold a Pale Her- Horse, which is Bill Cooper's book, We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 billion swindle, became a foundational text for the rapidly growing conspiracy crowd of the 1970s. So, you know, in writing this book, he used his former access to technical documents for the Mercury, Gem- uh, Gemini, Atlas, and Apollo programs. He mm-hmm. would uh, come to suggest that it was not technically feasible to land astronauts on the moon and return them to Earth. But the got to remember that he left in 1963. I was so going to say. At that time. Yeah. yeah so so uh, the, the Alan Shepard flight was in 61, to give some, you know, reference. Mm-hmm. So he left two years after... And let's hear, this, uh, and that's the one that broke the sound barrier. No, right? no, that's that's the first suborbital flight oh, from America. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Garrett's okay. flight was also in '61. Okay, so, um, but yeah, I mean, this is like uh, so I don't it, know. it's two years after Yuri Gagarin did the first orbital flight. Right, okay. and you know, and and he has a point using that information at that time where we were at. There was no way we were going to get to the moon. Yeah, but he left. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of getting to the moon, though, have you have you seen? Uh, uh, you've you've probably seen the right stuff, the movie, right? It's been a About while, but yes. Um, what you need to do is you need to see the um, uh, uh, the TV show that they did. Uh, it's on Disney Plus, but they're doing a, a drama series about like the Mercury program. Right. Uh, it's it's quite good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I was just checking it out. It's good I, I mean, I have seen some of From the Earth to the Moon, so. So, you know, again, he left prior to when things, like, when, when the shit hits the fan. Yeah, he, you know right. what I mean? He pretty much left prior to the quickening. So, the so what you're saying the program. is this motherfucker is the George Bess of the space program. Like, he left before the Beatles became famous. Yeah, so, yeah, 61 is also when Kennedy gave his speech. Yeah. So they were still in the he design go to the moon before... Uh, and do those other things. Yeah, they were yeah, so, still in design phase and drawing. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, he obviously... They hadn't ramped up. Yeah, he didn't start seeing the crazy shit that would come from <laughs> yeah. that. So, so that's a huge problem with his approach so far. Yeah. Right. So, a Smithsonian Magazine article by Roger Lanius, a former Smithsonian and NASA employee, describes Casing's theories quite accurately, stating, quote... His rationale offered poorly developed logic, floppily analyzed data, and sophomorically argued assertions. God damn. That that is like that's, that's a burn, dude. Yeah, that's, no, that's 
Like, that is, like, the most distinguished, nice way to say that this guy is a complete fucking idiot. I mean, shit, I feel called out. That's, that's, uh, (laughs) that's professional speak for this guy's full of shit. Yeah, Yeah, I I feel shame just reading it. He used the term floppy. (laughs) Yeah, sloppily analyzed data and sophomorically argued, like, sophomorically argued assertions. I think that's the one that hits me the hardest. Oh, yeah. God, this... This sounds like when they threw the Ghostbusters out of Look, college at the beginning of the movie. That that's saying <laughs> that that's saying that a high school debate team could probably take his reasoning <laughs> apart. Well, that, yeah. that is exactly it. That is such a good like diss on this whole thing. Holy shit! That's man. Of no, course, no. that's someone in the establishment. So the people that are firing yeah, behind, on they're in yeah. the conspiracy. Former NASA employee, uh-huh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, yeah, what now, does NASA stand for, David? Uh, I'm sure there's a joke here. Never a straight answer. Oh, oh, shit, well, that probably comes from this whole conspiracy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so here's the thing about the moon landing, uh, like, conspiracy that uh, Casing started. It's probably a joke. It, it started as a joke. So what? I told really? you that he eventually, yeah, I told you that he eventually got a new wife. Her name was Ruth. Um, while he was on his travels, he befriended a one John Grant, an unhoused heroin addict and <laughs> Vietnam vet. Okay. So he's a bit of a character. Yeah. Um, Grant, according to the Darren King article that I referenced, um, mm-hmm. suggested that Casing could write something outrageous, quote, like we never went to the moon. Oh, shit. Because mm. did it on a dare. Fucking right. smack addicts. Yes. It, it, so, skepticism of the moon landing was not something wholly unique to casing, obviously. In one 1970 survey, 54% of residents in a Washington, D.C. Uh, community indicated that skepticism uh, of the, the moon landings never happened. Yeah. 54% of the community didn't believe in the moon landings in, like, 1970. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's because so, they didn't okay. go with yeah. Jesus. Right. So in 1974, the same week Nixon resigned, Ooh. Casing signed a deal to write We Never Went to the Moon, originally intending it to be a satirical novel. Really? You know what this mm-hmm. is sounding like? The Book of Mormon. <laughs> that it was going um, you know, to be a fantasy book, and then he is like, wait. Mm-hmm. So in, in one fun synchronicity... Part of Casing's inspiration was the Stanley Kubrick film Doctor Strangelove. God damn it. And we're going to talk about Stanley Kubrick when we talk about the, the conspiracy. Yes. Um, <laughs> so then, uh, you know, one of the things he, he mentioned that he was inspired by the report from Iron Mountain, as well as the film Executive Action. So the report from Iron Mountain was a satirical leak of a suppressed government document. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a book that was like, you know, the secret government documents, that sort of thing. So it's a parody. That okay. was one of the things that inspired him. Hmm. The Have you ever seen Executive Action? I haven't. It is a movie. All right. So you've seen JFK, right? The movie JFK, Oliver Stone? Yeah. It, it was basically just JFK, but made in the 1970s. Oh, um, okay. It, it was a film that was so controversial, it was pulled through theater uh, from theaters like the week it premiered. Holy shit. Yeah, and it was about the Kennedy assassination, and it posited that there was a government conspiracy to kill Kennedy. Which is, like, really crazy to have that, like, in, right, in like, 1970-something. Yeah, like, like, that soon afterwards. Yeah. So, 
Despite the intent of the book as a satirical work, Casing found himself drinking the Flavorade and would come to believe his own claims. Thank you for saying Flavorade, by the way. Yes, I, I have that as a pet peeve. It was yes. not Kool Aid, it was fucking Flavorade. God damn it, <laughs> y'all. He was not putting forward that extra three cents for Kool Aid. Got a cult to run. You run those on pennies. Yeah, no. Um, you take care of them pennies, and dollars take care of themselves. So I, I just want us to take that in that that like what started as a joke, what likely started as a joke, became one of the most influential conspiracy theories in American history that is still haunting us today. God. That is probably a direct connection to all the other shit we're dealing with right now. Fuck. It, it's it's horrid to think about. What? Yeah, yeah I. <sighs> I mean, I can't, you know, you can't lay it all at their feet, but it's definitely kind of given, I don't know, I wouldn't say fertile ground. Gave it a boost. It uh, enabled, maybe. Well, and and here's the thing. Um, Like, I I like that you put that idea of enabling because part of the issue is, like, this was in the 1970s. The 1970s is one of the darkest decades in American history. Mm -hmm. And conspiracies run rampant in the 1970s. I, I have in my outline here, shit was popping in the 1970s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, I make the claim that, like, the 1970s, with the exception of the mid to late 1960s, might be the most influential period of time in modern U.S. history. I understand that this is kind of controversial with the fact that the bulk of the history book civil rights movement ran through the 50s to the mid-60s. But... I argue that the direct grappling with these issues in the 1970s, you know, that kind of aftermath, combined with the political intrigue of the Nixon administration, several uh-huh. assassinations, the legacy of the Vietnam War, and the awakening to the darker side of world power would have a more profound effect on the American psyche. Oh, yeah, no, the 70s were when America sort of woke up to a certain level of reality. It wasn't okay with, I guess. Yeah, well, The 70s is when America's dog died. <laughs> yeah. I, I can I can see that because you know the 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 sixties was getting over you know was enabling civil rights and then the the seventies is kind of like there was a lot of people so I there's a video I saw today that basically because ML Martin Luther King Day was just a couple days ago mm-hmm. and it basically said that you know showed a clip of Martin Luther King like in the speech right before his assassination was saying mm-hmm. that a lot of uh, white people, you know, stood with them and Selma and stuff like that. Uh, but they did it be- more for, they didn't, you know, for the injustices of, you know, you know, people of color being beaten and stuff like that. Um, but they weren't necessarily in line with them for, you know, the full civil rights Right. And, you know, and that's the thing is like, okay, if if we say that like the civil rights movement, like succeeded and put that in like big emphasis quotes and italics, like it succeeded at the end of the 1960s, the 1970s is when it has to be put into practice. The waves Mm -hmm. just spreading out and having to deal with it and live with it. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a good time in the 1970s. A lot of turmoil. And, and here's the other thing about the 1970s. It's a fertile time for conspiracy-minded people because very real conspiracies existed and were oh, yeah. proven to have real-world consequences. Out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lots of, and lots shit. Of the shady government shit coming And the fucking light. gas crisis was happening. Yep. Yeah. Watergate. MKUltra. Yeah, I was, I was going to say MKUltra. Okay. You know, find out about that. Yeah. Um, you all know, the, you actually the have, shady CIA uh, shit. You know, with, with OPEC, you have, like, governments, like, controlling... 
uh, through an oligarchy, uh, like the the distribution of a natural resource that everybody yeah. needs. So right. all of this conspiracy shit is actually happening in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like the them trying to renegotiate the Gaiety Treaty about how many humans can be abducted from the United States with a gra- I'm sorry, let me move on. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm, I'm with you there. That's okay. very real. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the very real conspiracies of the 1970s in conjunction with general growing distrust of government institutions mm-hmm. primed many Americans to look for conspiracy, uh, look to conspiracies for answers. People like oh, Bill yeah. Cooper and William Casing would become the foci for the search for meaning in an increasingly darkening world. Mm-hmm. So just how weird the moon landing conspiracies would get, however, nobody would have expected. Um, you oh, know, yeah. but before, before we kind of get into that, I want to talk about, like, I want to debunk some of those, um, common reasons people believe the moon landing was faked. Right. So, so what's some of the evidence that you guys have heard for like, oh, you know, the moon landing isn't real because, and then it's some guy at the liquor store telling you, you know, the moon landing never happened because of this. Well, um, <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. A lot of the people I meet that don't believe in the moon landing are literally around 23, 24 years old. And we'll they're, talk about that. Yeah. And they're very far removed from it, but like, they just don't believe it was, uh, scientifically possible to do it back then. They were like, Oh sure. We could probably do it now. But the reasons that I've heard are, uh, like you said, no stars. Why is the flag waving? Uh, there's no dust. Well, that's, uh, that's the the evidence for it. Not, not that's not quite the how. But okay. The, well, the, the Van unquote Allen unquote belt. Proof. Yeah, the Van. Good that you're bringing belt. up the evidence, though. Yeah, but yeah, the Van Allen belt is one of the biggest arguments yeah. I always hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, and then of course, like you know, um, we had to beat the Soviets in the space race, right? Because they were beating us and all the oh, other right, elements of it, all the right. other steps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's talk about some of the, those examples of like the evidence and let, let's talk about some of those reasoning. So let's talk about the issue with the rippling flag. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's one of those things that's like when you, when you understand why the flag was rippling and you look at the flag, you see, oh, okay. I see why that that's the case. Yeah. Go ahead. So, tell um, me you government shill. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Uh, they're depositing money in my PayPal account as we speak. Okay, good, uh, good, good. I just want to so, make sure you get your money. But you're getting your money now. I'm not getting my money till after this airs. It's my money, and I need it now. <laughs> so, you know, the rippling of the flag is the result of an issue with an, ex- uh, an extension of a horizontal rod that is in the flag. Right. Because the horizontal rod did not fully extend, it creates creases in the flag. Which right. Which is why it looked like the flag was moving in the photograph. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. And if you look at the flag, you can actually see where the rod is because the yeah. flag has a very distinct rounded shape across the top of the flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how else is going to stand up on, you know, the moon well, anywhere? Exactly. Yeah. Look, look at the flag on Earth. A flag on Earth's not going to stand up like that either. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. unless there's a wind. So, yeah, you'd if you wanted a flag to always be, you know, stretched out on Earth, even you'd have to no. have. All right. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that it wasn't the air conditioning. It, it was farts from the dark <laughs> side of the moon. Okay, dark fa- from the moist side. The from mo- the moist side of the moon. Dark moist farts. Moon right. farts. Moon farts. Gotcha. Well, A little dose of cheese for you. You'd also think that you know if they're if they're faking it, they would take 
you know, air movement into consideration. I yeah. Mm-hmm. My thing is, if they were gonna fake it, they would have faked it better. Right. Yeah, I think. Right. I think Especially a, if Stanley Kubrick was. I swear to God. I mean, I think a moon landing fake would look a lot better than what we got. I also love the uh, counter conspiracy that they did hire Stanley Kubrick to film a fake moon landing, and then he forced him to shoot it on location. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love that. He, he, wanted, he wanted authenticity. So, so he, he made them, them the go to the moon to film the fake, the fake moon, moon landing. landing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let's talk about the issue with no stars in the photograph, because that's always a big thing. Mm-hmm. You have these pictures on the lunar surface. Like, okay, there's no atmosphere, so you got to see stars, but you don't see them. Yeah. Now, do you know why? I don't. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, my if I'm not mistaken, it's got something to do with the reflected light of the lunar surface, but my close. So if you imagine the moon in sunlight is very bright. Like well, you know they, it the, shines in the fucking night yes. sky. Yes, so brighter than me with my shirt off at night, yes. <laughs> they, like, they had fucking gold tinted visors. Like mm-hmm. and I'm not talking like just tint, like it was actually a vapor deposited yeah. gold on it to mm-hmm. you know, basically it, be super the baddest ass sunglasses ever it was basically to prevent snow blindness on the moon so yeah so they the film they were using was actually a very fast film because it's so much light you don't need a you know big long aperture to capture those images so yeah so the exposure anybody that knows anything yeah anybody Mm -hmm. knows anything about photography knows fast film with a short exposure time you know, you're not going to see stars, even uh-huh. you know, in the darkest night, you'll just see jack yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, even on Earth, even on Earth, yeah. um, mm-hmm. if the provided like an exposure that fast with objects under that bright, even right, then, yeah, you're else, not going to see stars because they're yeah. too dim. Yeah, yeah. and even with nothing else bright swamping out the frame, you'd see nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so that's exactly it. Again, easily mm-hmm. explained. Now, I'm detecting a pattern here. I, I, I have one question though. Why was there no dust clouds? Mm. Um, I don't have the answer for that one. I, I assume Mike does. So, Mike. So I've not heard a a explanation that it's I can all remember. fake. But it's all fake. He's so, got no answers. It's all fake. No, no, it's not no answers. It's some conjecture. <laughs> okay. But it's going off of, you know, my internal logic mm-hmm. is that there's no air, obviously, or very, 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 right, very, right, very, right, very right. little. There is a little bit of atmosphere on the I mean, moon, they did kick but, up some dirt in the footage. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, the, the when you kick up dirt on Earth it stays aloft longer because of the air, you know, air currents right, keep it up. Right. And on the moon, there's none of that. So it mm-hmm. falls faster yeah. back to, you know, it's, you know, the, the, the hammer and the feather, you know, drop test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the dust is just going to come right back down. Now next yeah, week, Mike, we're going to talk exactly a little right. bit about that. Because uh, Buzz Aldrin even comments during like the the touchdown that you you could uh, in the descent footage like there you know th- there is dust but it doesn't drift because it like fucking falls immediately back to the surface. Right. Now, as for the craters, the reason why is because again we are in a void. Um, the the exhaust jet rocket, um, you know, it fans out into a wider shape, so it distributes the 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 thrust 
in a larger area, so it doesn't create a concentrated burst of thrust that results in a crater. And, right. And also, the the quote, I guess you would call it the top soil of the moon, the top mm-hmm. layer, was a lot thinner than they expected. That's true. Because uh, they one of the things is the uh, the lunar lander. It had at least the first one. I don't know about the subsequent ones, but they had a. Uh, mm-hmm. If you'll ever look at them, like they have that kind of plate looking foot. Mm-hmm. But off of that, they have a longer, looks like an antenna that's coming down. That's kind of a contact uh, sensor, but it was also to like see, you know, how deep the right, you know, yeah, because there was, was a lot of. Uh, they were worried that they would literally sink because they thought, you know, if eons of meteor bombardments could just, be just covered in sand, just this basically. very fine, you know, deep mm-hmm. like two, three meters deep of moon dust. So they well, were, and then that's one of the concerns. Like, if we're going to go back to the moon, they have to account for that very, very fine oh, dust because that can do damage. Oh, to, that, that dust is also, like, razor sharp. Like, yeah, it's with, dangerous. With no, with no uh, erosion uh, mechanisms on the moon, the the dust, you don't want to breathe that shit. It'll, like, cut your lungs it's, like billions of it's little razors. Liter- billions and billions of razors. Well, but, well, I know not to take my helmet off when I go to the moon. Oh, I don't thank want to that well, God. Well, it's not only that, because, you know, they actually brought it back into the capsule with them because it was, like, all over their, yeah. their uh, well, fuck, space razor rocks just floating around yeah. in zero yeah. gravity. In fact, in fact uh, <laughs> the, the uh, designs for the future moon suits, one of the things they're talk- they have is, like, where you get into them and out of them, like, through the backpack. Like, the backpack is basically an airlock. It locks into your vehicle. And it swings open, so, so you don't the have suit to bring the suit outside, in, yeah. and you just mm. crawl into the suit. It's a pretty, pretty interesting uh, idea. Cool. I know, kind of like deep sea hard suits have done that for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, another one of those bits of evidence that's always presented by a moon landing nier: um, the shadows seem wrong. That there's like uh, things that are in the shadow seem to cast shadows themselves. Now, Mike is our science guy. I'm very impressed with how he's been answering everything. Mike, do you know why that's the case? Yeah, Mike. Why don't you tell us? What is the case? So, like I said, the moon is very, very bright in the sun. Um, you know, what, what do... So, let me ask you all something. If you have a object that's in the sun, it, it gives off something. What's that thing? Oh, yeah, it's called reflected light, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, bright, you know, things that are visible are reflecting light. And it reflects, you know, the reflected <laughs> light, you know, lights other things up. Yeah. Well, also, it's a highly reflective uh, lunar surface. So, no, not no, really. No, shut me, shut up. Well, okay. I'm not Me saying shut, shut up. up, but I'm saying, <laughs> do, you, do you know what color the moon, surface of the moon is? No. Look at your uh, local asphalt road. Oh, really? Moon, moon has the same albedo as uh, asphalt. Wow. It's dark. Damn. But it's that's how bright the moon is. I mean, you see an, a, a, an asphalt road, but in the hot, bright summer sun, it's oh, very shiny. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. The reason why, like earth isn't as reflective i would guess is because of our atmosphere that's yeah, di- fusing that light yeah the the atmosphere traps uh some of the light mm-hmm. and also like you said diffuses it too you like 
as far as like if you look like per square meter or whatever you know take a certain area of the surface of the moon and the surface of the earth the earth is given off less light from that area just because you know of absorption from the at- our atmosphere whereas the moon is just chucking all that light back out is naked yeah you know so you know that's exactly right i'm glad i didn't have to read my whole uh, i didn't have to read my whole <laughs> spiel that i wrote awesome so, um it's good to have Mike around. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm good for a couple of things. Yeah. Another another great piece of evidence that they present is the fact that there's like no camera. And what they mean is that like in photographs, you know, they say that you can't see the camera held by Neil Armstrong. It's attached to a suit, isn't it? That, that's exactly it. But they they're I think they're expecting like someone having like a fucking Polaroid. <laughs> camera like a disposable camera i yeah i don't i don't get it either but these are the claims that they make yeah well i mean there is one picture i mean of course they'll say it's staged but there's one picture of like neil armstrong being uh but the picture was taken by buzz aldrin but you can look in the reflection of his gold helmet and see buzz standing there with the camera mm-hmm. you know on his chest oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah and that, that's that's uh, one of the most famous photos but no apparently there was no camera Yep, no camera. I, I don't. I don't fucking know, man. This, I, this shit drives me nuts. Yeah, no, I, I understand. So I, I think the general idea you're getting at is that all of this is easily debunked. Yeah, you know. So the the idea of the missing data, you know. Right. So one, you know, the Apollo Eleven mission that was a very chaotic mission. Uh, telemetry, uh, telemetry tapes like disappear sometimes mm-hmm. you know the transfers like the quality of the the broadcast because what happened was in australia they like live recorded the feed of the the video yeah they as had it, it was being broadcast out to americans yeah they had it on a screen and a camera pointed at the screen because yeah, of and, uh the way it was being done right the way they had to do know, it and then some like the missing data for some of like the 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 landers and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the some of the blueprints they were from private contractors like Grumman and Boeing. Those things become right. lost. Yeah, I, I I worked for about six months at an engineering company and they lose shit all the time. <laughs> well, you want you want to talk about the uh, data though? Ooh. Mm-hmm. I mean. When I read about how they like, so you think of mission control as this giant, high tech, you know, all these screens and stuff. Not back then. Like all those screens that they were showing, like, I mean, yes, they had important information, but it's not like it was, you know, computers and all this showing. Like the behind the scenes at NASA for the moon landings to show all that data was just the most Rube Goldberg shit you can imagine. Oh yeah. No, I just like, picture it. The, the equivalent of people running around behind the cameras screaming. No, I mean, they had like these reprojection systems, like, like, so, okay. You can think of the most, the famous pork chop plots where, you know, you show the, there's the, you know, earth and it has the lines that go across the earth to show the orbits. Right. And there's right. like an icon, like a little spaceship thing beep, beep, showing beep, 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 beep. the yeah. position of mm-hmm. the spacecraft. Well, all that was done. If you ever used an overhead projector <laughs> at yes. school with transparencies, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. Like yep. they literally had, you know, a transparency and then a little, you know, spaceship oh. transparency mm-hmm. that was superimposed over it. It was this whole system that 
while it worked and it, you know, did what it was supposed to and showed the information it needed to. It was garbage. It, no, it wasn't garbage. <laughs> it was it was revolutionary for its time, but also it was very primitive. Rudimentary. Rudimentary, mm-hmm. yes. It, it, it was not... Computers. Well, it was computers, but it was computers in the sense that it added they up numbers. Added numbers, yes. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like you know, there was no VGA port and yeah, no, all no, that. no yeah. computer video. I mean, no, like you said, so the uh, the video signal that they received from Apollo on the moon was a completely new format. They couldn't mm-hmm. just pipe that to the television. Mm-hmm. You know, networks because it it wasn't the right format it was like a lower scan rate a lower resolution and like you said the only way for them to get that that video to the The networks was to basically plop a camera in front of a projection screen Mm -hmm. Um, which is why it looks like crap and also a lot of places got their rebroadcast was basically a uh from that video stream to a film recording to another video output. This sounds like watching anime in the 80s. Yeah, no, it was just this whole, I mean, a state of the art at the time, yes, but Mm -hmm. when we think of, I think our our vision of state of the art now is very... Warped. Is is warped. Like, yeah, it it makes us think that they were a lot more advanced than they Mm -mm. were. No, this is the 60s, man. It was the 60s. I it mean, was just like, everything I, I, was hobbled together with tape, spit, and hope. Yeah. I, I think my smartphone has more processing power than the the mission control. Oh, no, your smartphone, God, yeah. your smartphone G- is yeah, no. Your your smartphone has more processing power than a supercomputer in the eighties or nineties. I mean, yeah. it is. I could rant about this for, for you know on a good while about the smartphone is insane. Honestly, it's, it, it, it's this supercomputer that we would like. We would have lost it in the sixties. It's like Star Trek levels of technology. We mm-hmm. use it to watch cat videos, and we <laughs> always say cat videos. Well, yeah, because we're, it's we're the most trained. Because it's the oh, one thing that everyone has watched, and it's mm-hmm. also the most useless, but yeah. still, you know, entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. Admit, I'm not gonna deny that I watch cat videos. It's sure. useless. It's fun. But let's well, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to get into like one last little bit of evidence uh, as to like why people believe the the moon landing is a hoax, probably yeah. the most sinister, and that's with the suggesting that people have been killed for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, perhaps most sinister are the claims that NASA and our larger government body has people killed because of their knowledge of a secret that like people that that we faked the moon landing. Um. So, one such claim is that NASA technician and safety inspector Thomas Barron was murdered because he was going to reveal the moon landing was fake. Uh-huh. Adding fuel to this conspiracy is a reported disappearance of Barron's 500-page report of the Apollo 1 fire. So, you know, again, yeah. coincidence, shit gets lost. But, you know, with his death in a, uh, like a traffic accident, the missing 500-page report that fuels the conspiracy. Someone who's already thinking something's up is going to go, aha. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, of course. Well, of again, course coincidence is the breeding ground of conspiracy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's how it works. You know, so other claims identified 10 deaths during the Apollo program as examples of NASA cleaning house. 
This includes the deaths of the astronauts during the Apollo 11 fire on January 27th, 1967. Uh, coincidentally, January 27th is my date, uh, is my birthday. So, uh, I share an anniversary with three dead astronauts, which wow. is sad. Oof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Apollo. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the Apollo 1 fire. That's... You know, and then here, here's, here's the thing. Casing, like, he doesn't just stop with the moon landing. Uh, he, he supports several other conspiracy theories, such as the claim that the Challenger explosion was no accident. <laughs> that, that apparently those those yeah. astronauts were going to reveal that the moon landing was fake. Uh-huh. Um, and and they had a uh, they had a teacher on board that would have been just like, you know, she she would have like blown the whole thing wide open. I'm sure. Yeah, like, I can't <clears> even get my citizen. students to do their reading. There's no way <laughs> that a teacher is going to be able to like blow the secret wide open. No. Um, you know, uh, he also believed that the CIA was brainwashing people. He wasn't too far off there. Well, that's different. That's that's yeah. yeah. Uh, he he believed the CIA was poisoning people again. Not uh, too far yeah, off. yeah. I mean, there's that whole San Francisco thing. And and then like that, the media was trying to control us again. I've not too far off. You know, a broken to... clock is right twice a day. Again, I gotta find somebody else to agree with about this. Exactly, exactly. Like the minute you start <clears throat> using dead astronauts to like support your bullshit, I gotta back minute, out. Like, yeah, can't... yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, man. Uh, just take me off your mailing list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, a, a major reason why people proposed the moon landing was fake was because of the nature of the space race itself. Uh, being political. Being US, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, beating the USSR to the moon would be seen as a crowning achievement of the U.S. space program. Um, you know, there's that, um, you, you know that meme of the guy who's like celebrating, he's got his medal, he's drinking that bottle of champagne, he's kissing the, the, the woman, and then he's like on the third place bronze pedestal. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, there's a meme of that, but it's like with nine other people, and he's in tenth place, and he's representing the U.S. getting the moon, and the nine other people are the USSR. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, like it, it was a big win for America. Uh, that was it was right. definitely a shot in the arm. Now, I will say, I, I I will say sorry, my southern accent came out. I was just gonna say I will I'm say. That one of the things they've said is a reason the USSR never got to the moon and their space program hasn't worked out is because you can't actually do it because America didn't actually do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, yeah sure. You know, nothing and, and to do with the, the political environment, lack of money, people starving to death. And then there's a thing <clears throat> about the radiation belt. Uh, belt is the Van yeah. Iver belt. Van Allen or, belt. Then Allen Belt. Um, yeah, so like there, there's all these different reasons, uh, all of which can, if you're able to sit down with a person and talk to them and get it through their skull, they'll go, okay, well, okay, I, I see your point. I'm still, gonna, I'm not going to believe you, but I, I see why you believe what you believe. Um, right. One of, one of the oddest wrinkles to this whole thing is how Hollywood gets involved. Good. So... There was a movie about a mission to Mars that would sow more doubt into the legitimacy of the moon landing. <laughs> Capricorn One. Capricorn One. Starring O.J. Simpson. Yes. Oh, you. Oh, I was. I was going to do. I, you know, I'm just going to barrel through and read my thing. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm so excited uh, you brought it up. <laughs> um, Capricorn One was a 1978 thriller about a faked Mars landing conducted by the government. It features Elliot Gould, James Brolin, Sam Watterson, Hal Holbrook, Telly Savalas, and future murderer O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, so, you know, obviously a movie about the faking of a space mission absolutely fired up the conspiracy theorists. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
so the writer-director of Capricorn 1, Peter Hyams, did not outright claim that the Apollo la uh, 11 landing was faked, but he was inspired by a level of perceived artifice regarding early missions and how they were shown. So I'm going to mm -hmm. quote him here because this is very interesting. Okay. However, there was something on the news about a space flight. They would cut to a studio in St. Louis where there was a simulation of what was going on. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the generation where my parents basically believed it was on. Uh, if it was in the newspaper, it was true. That turned out to be bullshit. My generation was brought up to believe television was true, and that was bullshit too. So I was watching these simulations, and I wondered what would happen if someone faked a whole story. So, I mean, he does have a point. You can't trust everything. Yeah. But he's drawing the wrong conclusion here. Like he has the numbers. He's got two. He's got the answer five, but he's adding like three and four to get five. And even though five's the right answer, somehow he's he's. You know, it's just it's. He he has a point, but he's also misguided in he's, a sense. He's away. He's off base, but he's not wrong. Right. Yeah. Like so, that you know, part Part of the reason the movie was even greenlit, uh, greenlit was in the wake of the Watergate scandal, where, yeah. like, Americans were primed to believe, like, conspiracy shit. Oh, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, oh, shit, like, hey, look, we got a president who's leaving. Uh, there is a big conspiracy. Maybe people would want to see a movie about a conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, the disenfranchisement and, and, of uh, Americans after, like, Vietnam. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, you know, and the thing is, the film and the footage of it are still used for illustrating claims of forgery regarding the moon landing, even today. Like they're still yeah. they're still using footage from that movie. However, however, this was not the only bit of Hollywood that p would play out in this conspiracy. We're going to get to my favorite bit. Yes, let's talk about the Stanley Kubrick theory. Let's do that. Now, to say Stanley Kubrick's 1968 masterpiece, 2001: A Space Odyssey, revolutionized the portrayal of space in film is an understatement. Oh yeah. The film, for its time, was one of the most scientifically accurate portrayals of space with incredible attention to detail, as is common in the work of Kubrick. Like, the guy mm -hmm. has an eye for detail. Oh, Even yeah. if he makes mistakes, those mistakes are on purpose, like in The Shining. Mm -hmm. um, the film was so authentic that many conspiracy theorists developed the idea that maybe Stanley Kubrick had directed the moon landing broadcast for NASA. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I I get that, you know. Just saying. I get I'm that. I'm just gonna say NASA couldn't afford Kubrick. Oh god no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but you know, th this realism that inspired this theory, uh, it comes from the fact that Kubrick did his research, like uh his his research, because like I've looked at like Kubrick uh or, I'm sorry, Kubrick documentation for like the shining mm -hmm. and the copious amount of notes and illustrations that he does, like the dude does his fucking research. Oh yeah, no, he he obsessive. He he yeah, obsessive is a great way to describe Kubrick. Mm -hmm. Um he also hired actual astronomical artists and aerospace engineers to yeah. ensure he got things right. Believe it or not, he actually consulted people who knew their shit. Yes, no, I mean, that's the thing about uh, 2001. If you watch it compared to other science fiction films of the time, 2001 feels authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's down to all those little details. Like, for example, mm -hmm. the spiraling room. Because there's a logic to it. It makes mm -hmm. sense why the room would be spiraling like that so all, all of this is like fuel for that yeah adding so that 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 theory has existed for a long time oh yeah 
It's recently picked up Steam, however. So, um, around 2015, clips of an interview with Stanley Kubrick where he reportedly admits to filming the moon landing circulated online. Uh, this clip, however, is devoid of context. So, this clip uh, comes from a documentary by T. Patrick Murray titled Shooting Kubrick. And here's the most insane part. The interview is not with the real Stanley Kubrick. What? It's with an actor. What? T. Patrick Murray never interviewed Stanley Kubrick. Uh. And and if you look at the actual footage, it doesn't even look or sound like Stanley Kubrick. Oh, wow. Yeah, but this thing gets uh, spread on fucking YouTube, and people are like, oh, see, Stanley Kubrick talking about, like, how he, he faked the moon landing. And it's like, oh, they're like, what the oh, fuck? it's upsetting. Yeah. That is so, that, yeah. Ah. And that's floating around, like, since 2015. You know, I've got some footage of someone going into outer space that was faked that you might find interesting. It's called Fraggle Rock. <laughs> and uh, this character called Traveling Matt goes out into, quote, outer space. You might enjoy it. So I, I really, really wish I'd watched this video before uh, we recorded because I just thought of it while I was uh, while we were talking. There was a video mm -hmm. I watched several years ago. Um, I linked it in the uh, Discord if you want to throw it in like show notes or whatever but it's 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 by a writer director sg collins who basically deconstructed the uh the filming hoax like how basically mm -hmm. the technology of the time wasn't good enough to you know do it yeah in any you know like video we couldn't have done it in video because you know video at the time was basically <laughs> I, it was pioneered by NASA yeah. for this flight so, anyway. So what you're saying basically is it was easier to go to the moon than to fake yeah. going to the moon. Like 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 he one of his arguments is like uh, to fake to do they they say you know the 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 lack of gravity was simulated by doing slow motion. No, well, to do slow motion in video at the time was basically impossible. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, you could have done it with a film camera. But this was and, video, yeah, and, and broadcast, yeah. You would have to yeah. basically pre-do, you know, pre-record everything because you'd have to have the you know negatives uh, developed yeah. and all that, right? Um, just down cranking video was not possible, yeah. And, and well, it, but it's it's a great couple of videos. I'm I really wish I had watched them, um, but. Yeah. Well, we'll put a link up in the show notes. Yeah, and I have all of my articles linked in the outline, so we'll be able to throw those uh, links in there as well. Absolutely. You guys just, yeah, I'll get those. But, you know, let's move into our final section here. We're coming to an end. Okay. Um, let's talk about the fake moon landing today. Mm hmm. Now, Do, wait. What like if I were to tell again? you? Oh, uh,. What people think oh, about okay. the moon landing Sorry. today? Yes, get no, confused. We've I thought not we were gone gonna... back yet. Yeah. Talk, talking about like, were they faked it last week? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Retroactively faked it. What if I were to tell you that there are people in the year of our Lord, 2022, as in 22 years into the 21st century, that do not believe the moon landing ever happened? I, I completely believe I that. Believe you, unfortunately. I know okay. some. So, an Ipsos poll in 2019 surveyed Americans with the question, quote, In your opinion, do you believe the U.S. successfully landed a manned mission on the moon in 1969, or, you, or do you believe the moon landing was staged? 
Now, 6% of total respondents believe to some degree that the moon landing was staged. The mm -hmm. most shocking result was in the millennial age group, where 11% of those surveyed believed in the staged moon landing theory to some degree, with Gen X having about a 6% belief and boomers with about a 3% belief in this total sample. See, you mentioned earlier that we're like three generations out from the moon landing now. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, that kind of... You know, that's that's part of the reason. I mean, like, because, yeah. like, for us, growing, me, me and Mike especially, like, growing up, the moon landing was shit that happened. It was history. Mm -hmm. uh, like, World War II is history. But these millennials and, Gen and, 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 you know, whatever the next generation is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's ancient history, man. Well, and that's why you have millennials and Gen Z now who are saying uh, they, they don't believe the Holocaust was a thing yeah, that I happened. I was just about to say that, is that yeah. it's not, you know, just the moon landing because a lot of, I was going to bring up the Holocaust, that mm -hmm. like, like almost mm -hmm. like one in ten. And part of the reason is distance and not living in the aftermath of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically, yes, we're always living in the aftermath of it, but like it was much closer. Like World War II, when I was born, was 30 years ago. Now mm -hmm. it's like I think, we're heading into a, we're heading into like almost a century coming up in, in the future. So, so you, they're, they're, those tie into it, but I think it also has something to do with, you know, not only is it distance from the event, you know, chronologically, right. but also a lack of uh, long-lasting effects from it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And lack of, maybe probably also lack of people that you know and trust having uh, been affected by it. Yeah, and I mean, I grew up with people that were in World War II. No one, no, one, no one denies that, you know... The pilgrims happened, but no because one, that's where here, you know, there's there's direct, you know, uh, I wouldn't even say evidence, but you know, results. From we're that here, happening. like you said. So, well, uh, and you know, the thing with the pilgrims that was so long ago in history that, like, I guess people buy it. You know what I mean? So it well, may yeah, be a but, thing like a hundred years from now, everybody's just going to take for granted that we well, got okay. to them. So, so, but like World War Two, no, right. no one denies that happened. Yet. I don't know. I've heard. I've heard. You um, know, if if they if they don't believe the Holocaust happened, so, there is a there is a potential for them to say, "Oh, World War II never happened." Well, yeah. so but like I was saying, it's just kind of one of those things that there's obviously direct repercussion from World War II. The Holocaust, while well, terrible, mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to belittle what happened right. in any way, there wasn't, you know, this this causal and effect kind of repercussions from it well well for for some people there definitely was well yeah obviously that's why then that was <laughs> yeah. also the the other part is you know if yeah. you have a relative that was in the holocaust you're not going to yeah. deny that shit if you talk like, to if, your if you grandpa, see the fucking tattoo yeah you, know, you talk to you your grandma or grandfather and they were in the they were in a concentration camp it, you'd be you'd be you'd be an asshole to deny that that happened to them. right yeah. but it's people that don't have any personal connection to it um, and also, there's kind of a fantastical element, too. It's like something that just seems like 
surely it that couldn't, couldn't have happened in your worldview. Y- you like, mean a literal supervillain just started yeah. killing a large portion uh, of the population? That's surely like a that could. Movie. That's a mar- yeah. No, that's fake. That's a Marvel movie. That couldn't have happened. So there's also kind of this like this worldview mm-hmm. thing that has to come into it because you know. For someone that like me that likes science and technology, being a moon landing denier seems a little bit of a stretch because we're right. willing to accept that. But for someone who doesn't give a shit about that, yeah, uh, they'd be like, "We couldn't have gone to the moon. It's well, all the way up there. I mean, I can't even get you know across town without you know all this traffic." Mm-hmm. Well, the the response it kills me when I've spoken to younger people about this is just as sort of flimping. I just don't think they had the technology to do it. Mm. And they don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely... There, there's larger social issues we can talk about here. Well, but, you know, just, like, the, the, the numbers that I just kind of gave you guys, like, they're shocking to me, but they're not entirely surprising, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, no I get you. Know, you. And it's certainly an improvement over NASA's reputation in the 1970s, where some polls indicate up to 30% of respondents believe to some degree that the moon landing was a hoax. So NASA's doing pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, well, um, you, you know what else isn't helping uh, belief in the moon landing is fucking History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's a number of but, people who are perpetuating the theory as well. People who, yeah. are, who have a lot of influence, which we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Even today, st- people still believe the moon landing was fake. So l- let's talk about Buzz Aldrin for a moment. Uh, he does not believe the moon landing is fake. Right, I, I, I should I, hope I, not. Could you imagine but, going to the moon and coming back and then not believing it actually happened? That we were on a sound stage in Burbank. <laughs> I, I, shouldn't a have, I shouldn't have had those edibles that lift off. It looked a lot <laughs> like the moon, but I'm pretty sure I wasn't on the moon. I mean, hey. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to take a piss, would I? <laughs> I think it was a Burning Man. I think it was in Fresno. <laughs> so, um, do we know about Bart Sibrell? I don't know who that Sibrell? is. Okay, so, Bart Sibrell arranged for an interview with Aldrin for his conspiracy uh, film, oh, Astronauts Gone Wild. Right. Wait, which is a ridiculous wait, title. What? <laughs> Astronauts Gone Wild. <laughs> okay, so now I'm just picturing Buzz Aldrin showing his boobs. In a, in a string bikini. Oh, my God. So, you know, Sebrel uh, uh, confronted Aldrin uh, with supposed footage from the Apollo 11 uh, thing. Eventually, things kind of went south, resulting in Aldrin uh, punching Sebrel. Yes. God I, bless you, Buzz Aldrin. I remember the name, but I remember the, yeah. uh, the, Our, the confrontation. We all remember the punch heard around the world. I just didn't remember who got punched. Now... Sibrel, like any good con man, has made quite a grift for himself peddling his moon conspiracies and interviewing astronauts under false pretenses. He's one of those assholes. Yeah. Who will, like, try to get to... Uh, uh, like, he's like a very, like, unfunny Borat. I was gonna say he's like an even shittier version of Michael Moore, but okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, he's so committed to this grift that he has produced four films all revolving around the Apollo 11 program and the theory that the moon landing was faked. Okay. The one good bit of news here is that it, as of 2019, his YouTube channel was demonetized. Yes. So, you know, hey, that that's great. Yeah. But it's I'm going to make things worse for us now. All right. Oh, no. I, I gave you a little sweet. Now it's time for the sour. Yeah. <laughs> 
So from this Rolling Stone article, we have this quote about a particularly popular YouTuber. Oh, no. Shane Dawson, for instance, a hugely popular vlogger with more than 22 million subscribers, has a video in which he promotes the idea that the moon landing was faked by the government. While he doesn't explicitly say he believes NASA faked the moon landing, he does say that it would not be a shock because the government fakes so much shit. I mean, we've talked about 9-11. We've talked about crisis actors. Why wouldn't the moon landing be faked? Why wouldn't we fake that just to win over other countries? It makes you wonder, have we actually ever been to the moon? And this video has been profitable for Dawson. According to Vox, he may have earned anywhere between $3,500 to $28,000 on it based on the ad revenue. Buzz Aldrin's dead, right? That's a good uh, question. Is Buzz still with us? Because if he's not dead, I want to do a world tour with him just punching nope, influencers. He's still alive. Yeah. Yes, okay. Years old. Let's, let's go right. find you this shit. Buzz We're going to do it, man. Not Buzz. Not a lot of punching, but... Well, we'll drive we'll him, him around. Base, and we'll give him a baseball bat. <laughs> there you go. But no, uh, so so he said he doesn't. There's there were other conspiracies he voiced. Nine eleven. Yeah, so talked, talked about nine eleven. Talked about crisis. And, uh, so yeah. it's not a far stretch for someone like that. But yeah, the fact to have a platform like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, social media. Oh, it, it gets so much worse. Social it, media in general, I guess, has been. Wait, a, wait. Did you just say it gets worse? Of course, it gets worse. How it does it get worse, David? Okay. Um, how much do you guys know about the NFA, uh, uh, the NBA? Uh, I don't watch it. National. Have you ever heard of Steph Curry? Nope. Ste- uh, Stephen Curry? Um, one of the biggest NBA players, he posited on a uh, podcast that the moon landing was fake in is, 2018. Is, is, he, is he the one that was like did the flat earth video from the plane? No. Okay, because uh, the NBA seems to be full of people with really bad takes. Well, and, and here's the thing. Of note, there were several other NBA players on the podcast that agreed with him on this oh yeah well so so sports 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 ball players in general not to like piss them off but here's here's guys that went to college but got out of actually doing you know classwork because the sports are more important than learning well and and there's a little good news here number one like the big problem i have with this is that he had a huge fucking audience Mm -hmm. um, and he he does this shit but he later apologized, saying his comments were in jest after a wave of people pointed out how ridiculous his claim was. Oh, good. Curry would later do an Instagram live chat with former astronaut Mark Kelly. Oh, Overall, the story cool. seems to have a happy ending, with Curry realizing the consequences of firing off claims like this on the internet. I wish other people would may- learn that lesson. Oh, it gets worse. No, no. God damn it. You, you build us up just to cut us back down. Yes. In a statement that surprises absolutely nobody, Joe Rogan has been on record oh. saying the moon landing was fake. Can we just, from now on, I, I, being the host, I want to say that we have to preface his name with professional meathead Joe Rogan. I, I, I vote we fire Joe Rogan into the sun. I, yes. Fire him at the moon and prove it, prove to it that we landed there. Yeah. <laughs> um... Having listened, I've listened to several clips of him talking about this. Everything, he I, every single insane theory about the moon landing. Every, 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 every single one. Every hot take from Joe Rogan just makes me want to die. Now, coincidentally, 
he is now peddling conspiracies of epidemiology on his mega hit podcast. Take of that what you will. Epidemiology? The, the, the viruses and that sort of thing. Yeah, oh, no, he's, yeah, he's just doing... He, he's not claiming... He's not saying he's anti-vax or anything, but he's just asking questions. Look, ch- I just want the <laughs> motherfucker to shut up and take his ivermectin and go lay down, okay? No, no, he did. He also did the actual stuff that worked, but he just mm-hmm. did everything because, you know, why not? You, you're, you're killing me, David. So, yeah, arguably one of the most influential people on the internet... Which it's terrifying to say that uh, he hey. denies that we landed on the moon. I wouldn't even say the internet. I'm saying he's probably the world. Yeah, yeah at least the USA. And and I'm sitting here going, hey, remember when he was on news radio? Hey, remember when he hosted a show that made people eat worms? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and you know, there's there's so many other examples. So, like in 2005, MythBusters did a special devoted towards the moon landing hoaxes to you know to point out, hey, look, this is all bullshit. You know, we we need more shows like MythBusters. Yeah, um, we need MythBusters back. I think. Right. Just last night, Barstool Sports released a podcast episode of one of their shows with a discussion on whether or not the moon landing was fake. Just last night. Yeah, Barstool, I've not heard great things I, about. Yeah. yeah, no, they do uh, call her daddy and mm-hmm. uh, spitting chicklets. And yeah. Even a rudimentary search of moon landing and fake on social media turns up a lot of current active thoughts on the moon landing being fake. I suggest you Google it if you're listening right now. Pop open Google or go to Twitter and search moon landing fake, and you will see you'll see people say, "Hey, I think this moon landing thing is kind of fake." I would recommend you don't do that. Open a <laughs> bottle of whiskey it's and medicate until you can deal. So you know, I won't be able to get into this larger point I want to talk about until a later episode, mm-hmm. but I think this conspiracy is about to make a big comeback in this post-truth QAnon world. Mm, no, you're right. And yeah. uh, I hate that. And yeah. Mike's over here just like, he isn't physically facepalming, but like spiritually, I, I, I'm I, getting big oof waves I think, from him. I think him. I've sighed about like two dozen times. Yeah. I, I'm not a happy man from this. Right. We're, we're yeah. all highly and, upset right and, now. And also, you know, it leads me to believe, so, you know, they're wanting to go back to the moon within, I mean, they keep, the numbers keep changing. Just and they because, keep pushing it back. Just because, you know, it's the government. And, Political reasons and, and just but, budgetary reasons. But and, hopefully sometime this decade. Mm. Um, I wonder, like, how many people are just going to not believe that, too? Yeah. And it, it'll be some shit like a, it's, it's all done by Weta. Yep. You know, so so to a very large degree, I feel that there's a direct lineage to how this conspiracy theory has fucked us up on a societal level. Yeah. And it's accelerated yeah. this misinformation era that we live in. But that is a subject for another time. And that, I'm done. I'm done. I, I, Jesus. I, I, I could kind of lay the flat earth at their feet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, but that's well, together pretty well. Flat Earth's been around for a while, but like but definitely the resurgence, the resurgence the is definitely tied to this. Um, it's coming back. <sighs> that dumb you like is coming back in style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so my big refutation of the uh, 
moon landing hoax has always been a couple of things. Like one, any conspiracy, my, my general catch-all for any conspiracy is, are there more than like a dozen people involved? Then they no no. There's the odds are one of them couldn't keep their fucking mouth shut about it. No, I'm with Mike. I mean, it is the more people you have in on the conspiracy, yeah. the harder it is to keep. Na- NASA at the time probably had a couple hundred thousand. Yes, employees. no, not yeah. only just NASA. And it, it takes more than like seven the, dead people to keep the, this secret. Well, all the subcontractors because yeah. the the uh, the previous uh trying to think of the word here the previous mobilization of industry before the moon landing of a similar scale was world war ii yeah i was gonna say it was the fucking war effort like you know they were they were asking freaking you know you have m1 carbines made by the singers type uh not typewriter a sewing machine corporation and shit yeah so this was kind of similar not as big obviously but you know you had chrysler making components for the moon landers yeah i mean chrysler did have an aerospace division at the time but it was nowhere near as big as some of the other players yeah. but still you know senators being senators and you know or congress people being congress people they wanted a slice of pie for their constituents so that's why you see um like the Stennis Space Center here in Mississippi, mm-hmm. where they tested the engines, there's no logical reason to do that here. You would want to do them in Florida, you know, about where the shit's being built. But but, but the senators wanted a, some of that pie for their constituents, so mm-hmm. it was just spread all over the country. You know, like there's large too components, much infrastructure large, yeah. for it to have been like faked. The, the whole mm-hmm. Gulf Coast. It's called the Space Coast for a reason because dotted all along it from Texas to Florida are various places where the larger components were built because it was easier to ship them by barge. Right. Through the but how come there are no waterways. stars in the photograph, man? I know. I'm just, I'm just going by this. So all these hundreds of thousands of subcontractors that are making titanium bolts and everything. Yeah, All that, sure you they could they say, just dump you could that say, shit at the bottom of the ocean yeah, and just say did they, a conspiracy. Exactly. You can say they built that for no reason. Well, obviously they built a, well, I can't I would say obviously, but lots of people saw like thousands of people saw that rock, those rockets launch live, like out there standing there in person, in person. So, you know, I'm sure some conspiracies say, oh, that was fake too, but, you know, let's call that whatever. So even if they just built these giant rockets to go over the horizon and then fall into the ocean, that's still a lot of fucking money. That it's uh-huh. cheaper to just fucking go to the moon. So that's, that's one part of it. That's just my general conspiracy. But also my big moon conspiracy refutation is the Soviets. If we fake this shit, they would be calling it on us like no tomorrow. They'd be like, oh, yeah, no, comrade, you didn't actually go to the moon. I mean, they would, they saw you making it. Khrushchev would just be slinging shoes left and right. They they were monitoring us so closely that if there was any room for 
us to not have gone there. They would have they been, would have been all over just it, slinging that mud everywhere. Been like a, a Russian asset would have stood up, be like, "I knew you guys were full of shit," right in the middle of mission control. Yeah, no, they would they would have they would have just brought the pain on us for what is this honky bullshit? What are you what are you doing? Because I mean, they had you a computer program. They if and that's the other thing is that if ours was fake, they would have they stopped theirs because they their rockets kept blowing up. And we beat them to it. So they figured, well, there's no reason to keep going. But if we had faked it and they knew it, they would have well, kept, kept going, got there and see like, hey, look, virtually here, there's no flag here. We exactly. put our own flag here. We drink vodka or oh, shit open helmet. So, yeah, no, seriously, the Soviets there's... are the biggest heel, I think, to this. Uh, yeah, conspiracy I agree. They I did, hated us. They still I didn't hate us, but... even fucking think about that till you said it. That's a really good point, Mike. So, uh, God, what a fucking nightmare of a conspiracy that's led to hell world. Well, it, I wouldn't say it led to it, but it definitely didn't help anything. It's it's it, it's a one stepping stone on the path. Yeah, all well, right, you that's know, and fair. that's why we need to do that like genealogy where yeah. we just kind of draw those links the because bullshit I, I think it's, genealogy bop. It's it's becoming more important that we kind of fight this stuff where we can. Yeah. yeah. And I've when we first started this show, I was dead set against doing like conspiracies like this, but like now I'm like we kind of gotta do it just for our own sanity. Um, so I realize it's not weak and weird, but David, just to just cheer me up, can you can X give it to me? All right, let me see if I can find something. Cause like okay, I feel, I feel we like I we need one. X go and give it to you. I got one. Okay. It'll also round it out to two hours. So it, it's a picture of a big fat nug, you know, marijuana. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the yeah. thread is, does smoking marijuana help or hinder sp- uh, spiritual growth in any way? Might not be the right question. I'm currently healing my body from an injury I had six months ago. Okay. And I'm doing this physically through stretching and mentally through me- meditation and subliminals. I find meditating while high to be more enjoyable as I'm able to focus better on what i want i don't know if it's the right thing to do which is why i bring this up here anyways is it beneficial how have you used it should it be used at all okay well i think all three of us have had very different experiences with uh substances substances Mm -hmm. like that um i know i discovered that i am a thin shell between existence and non-existence i am a black void full of screaming demons and uh I personally found my spirituality shrink. So, uh, I've had not great experiences with, uh, with the stuff. Hmm. Mike? Mike. Uh, I. You just chill. Was, yeah, I would say it was. He just chills and giggles. It was interesting, um, but it was not, had no long term impact on my spirituality. Like music was really cool, <laughs> okay. but that's also it's also really cool being drunk. Yeah, yeah, music is awesome when you're drunk. So, so I'm not going to get into two specifics because I'm applying for a full time teaching job. <laughs> let, let me let me just phrase that. Um, this guy having you know. had having had such an experience um, a long time ago. Into a, yeah, it put me into an existential crisis. Like I apparently mm-hmm. did not do well. Yeah, wow, that's that's Kevin's first yep. try. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
I uh, I did not enjoy it. The second time, we just sat there watching TV and had a good time. Third time, I don't even remember coming home. I'd, I'd say uh, not being alone helps, and mm-hmm. lower sure. dos- dosages helps. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, not I an think I may all. have bitten off more than I can yeah. chew. That seems to be the the rule because I know Kevin the first time I so. had like a brownie the size of my head, and it was way too. Oh much. no, and you ate the whole thing. Uh huh. Fuck. Yeah, no, it was a nightmare for like, like he, 48 he, hours. Like for the first week, he said, I'm never doing that again. And I did it again, and we just watched westerns and like Kolchak the Night Stalker and shit. Oh, man. That was doing see, that and watching Kolchak would like, be fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, um, no, that was great. Like a lot just, of, just do that and watch Columbo, too. Oh, I love Columbo. I'd say like a lot of things like that, uh, especially when you're not used to it, being in a safe space helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was in a safe space, but uh, Kip was like, why didn't you tell me what was going wrong? I was like, I didn't remember how to talk. <laughs> so it, it, for, for me, it was in between bouts of like sobbing into my pillow about the state of the world. I uh, was watching how did uh, I was watching uh, how it's made. Oh, God. <laughs> and, Please and I tell me you watched out, the they, meat slurry. Yeah, I, I, there was one There was one thing that they were making, and I got really concerned because I'm like, that seems really dangerous. Why are they doing this? God, I kind of want to get high and watch how it's made. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's actually, yeah, now that I could probably tolerate the stuff a little better, not that I'm going to if no. the players are listening. Um you know, uh, how it's made would be great for that. Yeah, no, I, I think um, small dose, how it's made, yeah, that'd be okay. I think um, I think what blew my mind was watching him like form mold the plexiglass for a boat. Oh, oh Christ, wow. yeah, I, like, I remember fuck. that episode. So, what are some of the responses to that? Um, the first reply fucks up your aura, fucks up your memory, fucks up your body. You should stop, but you won't. <laughs> 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 I, I agree with one of those. The, the memory thing's no joke. Yeah, no, I. Mm. But the, the other aura. Like, aura. No. <laughs> um, if you're addicted, it equals bad. If you consume, it equals good. What? Yeah. If you if um, you're addicted, if you're it's addicted, bad. It's bad. If you consume, it's good. So, capitalism's so consume, awesome. Well, so if you consume it without getting addicted, you're fine. Okay. I guess that's their message there. Um, I'm glad I've had nightmare experiences with a lot of stuff because, like, I don't I don't want to get addicted to them. So yeah, uh, here, here's one. I once ate three space cookies in bed, eyes closed, lights off. This is good, very mild, but very difficult to get into the secret chamber. Like shrooms will make you see things every time if you do enough. Mescaline is normal difficulty. MJ is harder. It is like HBWR seeds and Amanita mus- uh, muscaria. Uh, that's I, I can't pronounce it as a mushroom of some sort. You have to meet it halfway. If you don't even astral project, you might not see anything, even if you take a lot. So he's talking about the keeper at the gate. <laughs> okay, like, because there's actually somebody we work with I want to get on so we can talk about, like, uh, experiences with mushrooms because everybody always ends up talking about the keeper of the gate and then the mm. entities. Weird. Oh, man. 
Yeah, just it's a bunch of people arguing with each other and calling each other slurs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's X in 4chan. That's what's going to happen. Weed connects with Saturn 420. If you have good karma, you can smoke daily. Wicked people get judged by Saturn and stop. So it's the keeper of the gates. Yeah, basically. Um, okay. Yeah. So thank you for that. That is actually kind of fun. A little bit of a palate cleanser. Yeah, it's like the it's it's the uh, it's the ginger after the uh, the wasabi af- of after the, the wasabi of the moon landing yeah. hoax. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about some less hardcore moon theories that people no le- nonetheless take seriously. And uh, me and Michael tackle those. Yeah, we got our two cents to say. Chuck into the machine. So, so, uh, so you could see why I was like, no, we kind of need to do a full yeah, episode. No, there's one. no way we could. Yeah, I'm glad you did this. <laughs> of course, I'm also not glad you did this. <laughs> so uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. As usual, David, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on the social media as HP Comic. That is at H-P-K-O-M-I-C. You can also listen to my radio show on Deviant Behavior Radio called The Mutant Hours. And if you're a Spotify user, you can listen to the podcast version of that show where I talk to myself and play music. Woohoo! Mike, yeah. you got anything to plug? No, but I'm the, I'm a shadow. I'm a myth. Plug the mutant You've hours. never hear, heard about me. But look over your shoulder. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. If you're high, Mike just fucked your brain. Uh, well, me, of course, I'm here. You can also, every Wednesday at uh, noon Central Time, you can listen to Bastard Beats, where I play albums or artists or genres. Uh, this week, we just got done with David Bowie's Hunky Dory, which was fun. And uh, no idea what's coming next week on Bastard Beats. Next week on here, of course, more moon. So, uh... Thank you for listening. You can find all of our uh, contact information and everything at supernatpod.rocks or supernaturalselectionpod.com. You can find us on social at supernatpod on uh, Twitter and Facebook. We have a Patreon, which we're getting back up to doing them bonus things. I'm reading uh, Unexplained, chapter by chapter. (laughs) And uh, we'll be doing some more uh, collaborative stuff on there coming up soon. We've just had like weird schedules. I think the next video is my choice. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I'll find something. Yeah, we're either going to riff it or we're going to talk about that bullshit. (laughs) So, yeah. Again, thanks, everyone, for listening. Your support. uh, I cannot thank you enough for it. Uh, don't forget to leave a review for us, uh, if possible, on whatever your podcatching app happens to be. Give us like a five-star rating. But most importantly, like Mike has been saying, tell someone about the show. Someone of like mind. Somebody that may live under the overpass. Who knows? But uh, I'm sure you know somebody that would like this show, so just share it wherever. We appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah. That's pretty much it. So until next week, everyone stay safe and stay. That happened. Everyone stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye, Adios. To the moon, Alice.
Bang, zoom. <laughs>